What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fish Lift Eat podcast. We're glad you decided to uh, tune back into us this Monday. There's all kind of shenanigans in line for for this episode. I'm excited excited for it. We got the got the Fish Lift Eat crew here. We got Justin and Papa. What's up, oh, What up, fellas? Y'all, the the guest we've got with us today is uh, you know, I don't know which side of the spectrum he falls on for me because. He's a lot of fun to talk to, but he's also the only person to ever stand me up for a fishing trip. You know, he was, he was, he, you know, I get a random message of, you know, spontaneously, he's going to fly down to Georgia. We're going to fish a tournament and all this stuff. And then he just stands me up, but I still love him. I'm glad he's on here. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Melito. What's up, buddy? What's up, fellas? Or should I say, hey, y'all? Hey y'all! <laughs> and so it begins. <laughs> I couldn't help myself with that one. Oh man! I appreciate, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. I know it's been a long time coming, and uh, that was not intentional, Casey. Okay? So, yeah, I actually, like I told you, I bought, I bought my ticket. I, I you bought I it. Car service. Bought it. Had <laughs> my car service, and then uh, you know things things happened at home, and I needed to deal with that. So. If if y'all are paying attention, you can tell that Frank's from Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's from like West Coast all day. Definitely, he's from, the, he's from the foothills of Kentucky. I'm actually from, <laughs> actually from Virginia, up in Appalachia. So <laughs> at least you say it right. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Tell him, Frank, where, where are you really from, Frank? I'm from Long Island, New York. Long Island. So if anybody needs a good pizza pie made up, just call up old Frank. Pizza pie. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's actually talk about night. fishing. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank, you had a you had a pretty cool cool fishing experience at, at the team rendezvous here this year, didn't you? I did. I did. I actually had the pleasure of being taught had a fly fish for the first time by the one and only Papa Stark, man. It was awesome. Um, why don't y'all, why don't the two of y'all kind of walk us through that, through what, how that came to be and what happened with it, how you were able to land that cute little critter that you, you know, had on the end of your line there and well, uh, <laughs> what you're doing with it now. Can't, I, I can't make him bite. I wish I could, I, I, <laughs> but it shows the one a little bit bigger. Um, so David, right. I think it started, it was after like a call, a whole bunch of us were kind of hanging out, you know, drinking, uh, having a good time. And then like, I was like, Hey man, are you coming down to rendezvous? He's like, yeah. I was like, we're going to be on a river. Right. He's like, yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I plan on bringing, bringing my fly rod. And I was like, that's cool. I've never done that. He's like, well, do you want to? And I was like, hell yeah. Let, you know, let's do it. And that's kind of how it started. And then we just kind of, you know, bounce, bounce back and forth about it for the, the coming weeks and then uh i don't know i was just you know lucky enough to be in, in the, the right place at the right time and which made it happen you know, so i think that's kind so of a, that's kind of a testament to the to the team we have here though you know how just a spontaneous call can lead to you know a guy from oklahoma and a guy from new york meeting in virginia on a river with a fly rod and, yeah. and making things yeah. happen Yep. So right, I think yeah. I think so. That line kind of got coined, right? It was uh, a guy. Uh, where else can a guy from from Oklahoma take a guy from Long Island, New York, and teach him how to fly fish on the New River in Virginia? Well, North Carolina. 
nowhere else, man. And I mean, yeah. honestly, if, if it wasn't for being a part of this team, it probably would have not happened how it happened, you know, but it was pretty sweet. And I mean, you know, David's David's is a good teacher. He's super patient and he can explain himself like really well. And really that's all it takes to really learn something. Is there someone a who's willing to teach you and someone who's patient and is just good at explaining. And then I just kind of like, I was like, Hey man, do I do it like this? And he's like, no, like, Instead of keeping, you know, some people do the the book, right? We don't do that, David, right? He was like, just keep, keep your arm out. And it was like 10 and 2. And then and then I started counting like a, a metronome. And he was like, yeah, you know, do that if it's working. And then he would kind of like tweak me. And then uh, yep. obviously I like watched him cast probably about 4,000 times before I, I even <laughs> took uh, <laughs> I was Like, just keep doing that for me real quick so I can watch you. And then, well, uh, like the thing is, 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 you know, Frankie, Frankie pays, pays really good attention, you know, and, and listens and asks questions. And that's kind of, kind of a big deal, especially with, you know, with casting a fly rod. And, uh, yeah, man, um, we got out, like he said, assessed a couple of different things, you know, with his casting stroke and kind of made stuff, you know, make sense for him being a guy that was a conventional fisherman. Um, cause I'm, I'm no, certified casting instructor by any stretch you know I, I plan to get good enough to to take that test and hopefully make that happen one of these days but like you know one of my favorite things just in the outdoor space in general is taking people out teaching them and and uh but fly fishing is definitely taking you know the the front seat on that entire experience for me but uh, there's some things being left out too. You know, Frankie tried to fucking die on me, and a lot of things of being left out actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we get out to poor Frankie. You know, he made the drive down. You know, in in one day and got there, and everybody just starts shoving whiskey down his throat as soon as he gets there because we'd all been drinking for a while. And uh, you know, he was he was trying to like nah nah, you know, and of course you know the boys will be boys and and. So we had some drinks, got up that morning, uh, kind of hosed around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that we kind of determined that maybe it had a little bit to do with that, plus the, the difference in altitude, because, you know, Frankie's at sea level. And uh, shout out to Chadwick on sea level there. Um, but anyhow. Because well, he's the one who was shoving whiskey down my throat at midnight. So. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> that out too. The sea level thing, the sea level thing is a joke. Some shit Chad said one night on a call that I, I don't know if it got recorded or not, but it was some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. But, I have video of it of my own too. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, man, we were we were out we we're out casting and we're talking and Frankie's just kind of like, hey, you know, I kind of kind of feeling kind of you know weird, and I'm like, you all right? And he's like, yeah, you know, just I kind of I'm a little bit dizzy, and then like. He kind of got real, like he started kind of slur a little bit. And I'm like, what the hell is, and I was like, uh, Frank, Frank. And he just kind of went, you know, out into La La Land. And I was like, Frank, are you okay? And he goes, no. And then just goes down right in the middle of the fucking river. And so like, I snatch him up. I drop the rod. I, and I've got a hold of him. And there's like, you know, 10 of the dudes just hanging out in the river, you know, not 20 yards from us. And I'm like, Hey fellas, come, come and help me out with Frankie here. They had a chair out there and stuff. So they, 
they drag a chair over and we sit him down in the chair and, and, you know, like he gets his bearings back about him and, and, uh, uh, everything comes back. All right. And so we go and, you know, a little bit later and, and do some casting. And, and then I start explaining some, you know, reading the water features and, and different stuff like that. And he's got, a, comes out with a really good casting stroke. I mean, just right out of the gate, which is not, you know, I don't think that's something that you can always attribute to a teacher, especially when it comes to fly fishing. You know what I mean? Like you've got to have some sense of, of your body about you. You've got to have some sense of, of rhythm and timing and understanding, you know, um, when to stop and paying attention is the biggest thing. But anyway, you know, we did that and, uh, moved around in the water a little bit and, and I'm telling this whole story, Frank, do you want me to keep doing this or, or you want to finish it up? You're doing so big, well. You know. just keep going, and then I'll just chime in. I just want to make sure we hear from Frank on what it felt like to zone out and go into the water. Which <laughs> <laughs> time, like, like uh, the the fishing zone out, like the zenness, or like the almost down? <laughs> both. Both. <laughs> both. B O F. Both. Okay. Both. 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 Um. So yeah. So like that. So actually it's funny is that like to kind of like fast forward when I came home, I actually like looked it up and I was like, that was weird. Cause that's never happened before. Right. Um, like, I, and like, I was like, Oh, maybe it's just like the cold water and the fresh air. But I was like, Hey, you know, I've been in cold water. before. It's not a big deal. So I looked it up and it actually was considered, um, about of elevation sickness. So like for me at my wow. highest peak down here, I'm at like 400 feet. So where like we were, it was like 2,600 um, and I drove 12 hours, took a shit ton of caffeine, got there at midnight and then started drinking like an idiot. And I was like, all right, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it all just kind of hit me that next morning. So, um, if it wasn't for Perry though, with those liquid IVs, I'd probably be dead. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Awesome. Perry was a lifesaver that whole time. Shout out to Perry. Like he, Perry was throwing liquid IVs down Frank. He, had, he gave Jacus like an, an exorbitant amount of uh, uh, ibuprofen and God knows what else after, you know, he, he tried to, he didn't try to die in the river. He tried to kind of kill himself in the river uh, <laughs> drinking like a fool. You, you guys and, are uh, doing a great job selling rendezvous. Man. I'm, I'm saying, dude, I'm telling you right now, like if this doesn't sound like the best time of your life, you honestly you're man, doing something dude, wrong. Hands down. Like, one of sorry luke i've done in a long time but listen guys it's not a rager though i don't want anyone to think that this <laughs> yeah i'm sure they're not thinking that at all no look, but I, i'm pretty sure i got pictures y'all i got pictures y'all doing keg stands in the river so i I'm yeah that was jake just since we were talking about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a little allowed that has been outlawed um, <laughs> all joking aside though once once i got back to my barons you know uh, David and me got back to, to business as far as like me having like a, a good cast. Like, honestly, like I didn't know like what I was doing though. Like, but David was just like, all right, cool. Like, like let it like, you know, curl up. And once it comes to, it's like, you know, apex, don't let it fold over. Right. Once so I was watching it and I was kind of counting one, two, and he's like, have it like, you know, kiss the water one, two, and then lay it down. Right. And then like strip, strip, men, strip, strip. So like a lot of it had to do with really like, you know, David's cues. And then I was just doing what he was saying. And then for me, for my mental state, like 
I had to attribute certain things to like conventional fishing. So, right. Yeah. So, um, trying to think for example, like when he was like, Oh, like I need you to like strip strip. And I was like, you mean like reel it in? He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So stripping is the same thing as like, you know, reeling in, obviously like I'm not using that big reel You're using your, your hand through your, your fingers. Right. And then, um, even like the cast too. Like, so for me in my head with like a leader and then for like the flies, I was trying to like make the connection with conventional fishing just so in my head, I can kind of know like what I was doing. If, if like that makes any sense. Um, it does, man. What, what I like that you kind of bring up, right. Is when you, when you start to learn to cast and you start to get there, it's, you feel the whole thing, right. You start to feel like your arm is the line and that's when you can really start to feel what you're doing. You feel the back, you feel the forward and it, you feel it through your whole body, right. That's when, you know, you know how to cast because you can really start to be just one with the full line. And that's, that's the real, uh, like you said, Papa, it's not necessarily something you can learn. It's something you got. Right. And, uh, I mean, you can learn it yeah. sure. But if, if you've got that, uh, wherewithal to be able to feel it in your arm and then let it become part of what you're doing, that's when you really start to feel and see, you know, what you want to get out of it. Yeah. I'm also, yeah, yeah, you're not going to like Frankie was, Frankie was laying out, you know, 40 foot casts within 15, 20 minutes of instruction. You know what I mean? Like he's laying out legit casts, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely being in tune with, like what you're saying with everything that you're doing, you know, and understanding that the mechanic of it, you know, the whip, you're stopping watching your, you know, you hear a lot of people when they're doing instruction and stuff about talking about watching your line. So you watch your line, line out behind you. Well, that's all more for practice than it is for, uh, you know, for actually using that on the water because you don't want to take your eyes off of, where you're casting right you don't take your eyes off the target otherwise you're going to go all over the place like you get in the yard and you do this practice or you get out in the river it doesn't you know it's wherever it's better to practice in the water but um for the sake of of accuracy like you're not wanting to turn and look back and watch your line line out it's it's the counting and being one with that entire process you know what i mean and so um and that's one of the other great things about it is is you know how it kind of mellows you down brings your mind off of everything else too that's yeah. probably one of the greatest parts about fly fishing right is like you you get so zoned in on this yeah. you don't think about a whole lot else man and that's that's what you do it feels like you're throwing the line right out with your hand and that's that's what yeah, feels right. yeah. i could i could cast all day and not catch shit and feel great nope. once i got into like a, like you know a good rhythm like i never forget david's like are you kidding me, man? He's like, I've never seen anyone do that. He's like, you know what? You're good. He's like, you're good. Go. go. And I said, and I'm stubborn. Mm -hmm. So I was like, David, I'm not leaving this river till I catch a fish. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, and then, yep. and then I was like, what, you know, and like after doing this, like for like an hour straight, I was completely zoned out. I was like, I was like one with like the water. I zoned out. Time did not matter. Just, it, it was, it was like next level. And like, for me, always growing up doing like, you know, conventional fishing, which is, which is cool. It's great. But like, you know, it's, it's a lot different, you know? So like for me, I guess I was focusing more because I had never done it before. Um, so like I was completely in like another world. I was relaxed. There's no thoughts, just me, the line and the water. And then I, I mean, I was lucky enough to, you know, catch a fish and then, you know, David comes running over Luke, Luke comes running over like, Holy shit. 
And then like, um, <laughs> like I didn't realize that I actually strip set when, and like, I, I didn't even know like what that was. I just did it like instinctually because Dave was like, Hey, listen, for a trout, you're going to pull up on it. Right. For, you know, like a, a bash, so you're just going to pull out. So, and then as I pull, I happen to have the line and I kind of did this. And then, and then he's like, keep going, strip, 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 strip. And then I, I, I got it. You know, Luke freaking ran over like soccer mom. You know, <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think we've got that video queued up right here. If we want yeah. to take a look at it. Yeah. 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 Go, go and throw it up, Chad. No, man, that's all you, bro. First fish on a fly rod. Hell Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Hell yeah. Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, Hell yeah, yeah, dude. Little shit ever. Little red eye, man. It was yeah. badass. I love it, man. Crawfish you pattern. Feel, you can feel the excitement, man. I remember the first time I got a fish on the fly. It's a different feeling, man. And uh, but before we go any further, we got to point out a few things. One, Frank, you're standing finally, so that's good. Good job, man. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he legs back there, uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also got to point out, you know, Papa's fly fishing get up, man. Like that's look that's good play, good. Look, uh, good, play look, good. good play good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd shout out the shirt, but the you know the folks don't pay us anything to do that shit. You can shout out one them of my favorite, though, right? Them, ho them hoochie daddies. Yeah. Though. I ain't got those hoochie daddies on. I had never took them off. Well. I mean, to, to change into a different color, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Hoochie daddies all day. Yep. Lifty hat. I didn't have mine on during it, which I got I got yelled at for that later. So I went and. <laughs> you would have got more likes and follows with them legs showing. I got so just many. Saying. And I can't wait, though, till I'm wearing them in zero degrees in, in a week and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that day, though, when you caught that, what were you throwing out there? Uh, it was a jig, right? It was a little, it's just a crawfish pattern. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I had, I had gotten it. Black Do what? Black and red, I think, right? Uh, it was orange. Yeah. Orange. But it was kind of brown and brown and orange. A oh, brown and orange, there you go. Yeah. And like I had been I, the day before, uh, you know, I caught, I think, four pretty decent smallmouth with that same fly like it was just what was working but it was just a just a little crawfish pattern on a size eight hook i mean it wasn't anything real big um and uh yeah man he he was whipping it dude that was the other thing that was pretty impressive about it too was um we were using a seven weight and then there was you know that those crawfish patterns that they'll have the little barbell weights on the ends of them, you know, which helps them nose down. And so throwing a weighted fly like that just right off the bat is, is pretty impressive too. Yeah. So that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole separate, you know, world when it comes to that whole thing. I was trying my darnest though. When I first was like messing around with it, I was like, David, just don't stand behind me. Cause I don't want to hook you or myself. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah, nah, it was many, like I said, it was good, but it like the whole thing was cool about it too was like I was saying earlier, you know, we kind of went into once he once he leveled back out, because we got out of the water, went and went and got some some liquid IV in him and some food and stuff like that. And we got back in, did some practice casting a little bit more and then, then got him over and got got to explaining 
you know, uh, the features in the water, like I was saying earlier and, and understanding, you know, the seams and where they're going to hang out behind rocks and all this and that and the other. And we'd gone to one spot and hit it for a minute. And, and I think he actually had uh, a few strikes in that first spot. Um, and then we moved around and you could see like this, just this just giant ass rock that was probably about a foot and a half, two feet under the water. And like where it kind of, it, it kind of shelved off the end up river from us. Then it went down about another three or four feet. And I like kick out off the end of that rock, <clears throat> the way the water's moving, like it's going to push your fly around the edge of it. And then you just kind of pop it back through along the side, you know, along beside that rock. And it wasn't freaking three casts or so it seems like it may have been more but it wasn't very many when i got him around there and he he started popping back along the side of that rock and freaking whammo you know and so like he got like this full experience of you know reading water understanding understanding lies and and all of that kind of stuff all at, at one time it was really it was a really cool experience on on both ends i think frank have you been out fly fishing since or what i have actually so on my drive home, I actually stopped at a Cabela's in Pennsylvania and I called Dave. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I'm picking up a rod. Uh, is this, is this good? I was like, I'm in, man. I was like, I am not going back home. unless I have a rod like ready to go. So I made it back home. And next day I, I like put together, I was like messing with it. I was like, Hey, I, I, I think I, I called David. I'm like, Hey, is this a good rod? I, I don't know, man. I, I, like, is my line upside down? I like, I don't know. I didn't know. But uh, it was cool. And then, like, uh, I've been out, like, once or twice. Um, we ended up catching two trout. And then I, I actually pan-fried them in butter after I, you know, cleaned them. I think that we have a picture of that. Pretty yeah, sure. go and oh, throw yeah. them up, Jeff. Oh, look oh, at beautiful. them. Beautiful. They were so good, man. Uh, it was just, like, it was simple, you know. Uh, scales on because apparently, well, trout has, like, different different skin than, like, a bass, right? Yeah. So, I'm not. I'm not going to eat the scales on, on a bass because that's just that's stupid. But, <laughs> but like, like I, I had never made trap before, so I like you know reached out to like a buddy of mine, and then I sent David a picture, and like they're both like, hey man, like leave the skin on, just pan fry it in some butter. I was like, that's yep. it. Well, like, how do I know when it's done and like, well, it'll turn white inside. I added some salt and like, dude, it was incredible. Like even my kids ate it and like, they were like, this is good. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, the like, skin's like chicken skin. Yeah, it was, but like, it was good. It, it like, you know, it like, um, you know, crispied up and stuff, but like yeah, down here, it, it was all stockers. Right. And like, it was totally different. Cause like, obviously I just learned how to fly fish on like this, like river, like moving water. And like, even when I fish, like, you know, up North with, with uh, a conventional, I'm usually on like the Hudson river. Right. So down here, it was like a local river where it's stocked and they're super pressured. So it was more like sight fishing. Right. There was like a funnel. And then like, you could see all the fish kind of like doing this. And I'm like, dude, this is, I'm like, really, this is going to be easy. I can just grab one of these things. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm doing it, and I'm like, why are they not? Why are they not eating my eat my fly? <laughs> so, a buddy of mine, like, and like, he had, like, he, he's a lot more experienced than me. 
he's been he's been fly fishing for like 30 years. But like down here, and it's totally different. Because no, he's like, so when they're all in their little channels, he's like, you actually have to like float it right in. And then uh-huh. I like, and there was, a, there was one Casey with you and John Hatton where you called it like, like bonking a fish on the nose, right? So like, I was yeah. trying to do that. I was like, all right, I was like, I'm going to hit this fish right in the face. And like, I go, I'd, I'd hit one, and he'd just be like, back. And I'm like, what? I'm like, am I doing something wrong? So I'm, I'm changing flies like crazy. I started out with like a woolly bugger because I think that they're cool looking and I realized they were way too big because like they were eating these little things and I like ended up with this little maybe a caddis. It was really small. It had wings on it. It was real little. And like finally they were like hitting it. But like one of them takes it and he's like bites it and I try to I don't, he spits it out and I'm like this is really frustrating. <laughs> I can see them. They're like and, and like I'm sitting on like a like retaining wall where like I could take my thing and probably hit one. So I'm like all right, like, well, next time I'm bringing a treble hook or I'm bringing a net because it was getting a little frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up getting two, though, so I'm thankful for that. But, like, you know what? It was – I underestimated how how hard it was going to be for super-pressured fish that I've been caught a thousand times. Yeah, well, trout, trout are just – you know, wild trout especially are about the pickiest thing on the damn planet to try to catch. Um, but, you know, the trout – like the way that their mouth is constructed and the way they take and then move like your hook set makes all the difference too. You know, you'll jank, you'll, you'll yank hooks out of their mouths all freaking day long. Like you don't have to get super aggressive. Right. And, and you know, it's not like you're used to bass where, you know, and they just inhale everything and, and, you know, all that kind of mess. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a technique to it, but if there's, you know, trout, if even I'm going to assume, you know, like you're saying the stalkers, if they're super pressured and just people throwing shit at them all the time, eventually they, yeah, they're going to get picky also. It was and they, they have to, it only makes sense. And then, and then just I, a, I was like, now I see why some people go insane fly fishing. Like, and it's almost worse when I can see the fish. I rather they're not, not yeah. see the and just just fish like a murky lake or something just to see what I get, you know. Yeah, but it's like it's it that you know it makes it all the better, you know, like because like I said, like I've only fished for for uh, they're not really technically wild trout, but um, they they've probably bred in the wild, but their parents were stocked at one point in time in this place, but. You know, they get they get pretty picky and so they'll duck and dodge and or they'll just sit there and watch, you know, or they'll come right up next to your fly and take whatever's right next to your fly and and yeah, uh I mean, it so was when cool. you finally land one, you know. Yeah, I definitely yeah. I definitely really in, enjoyed though fly fishing. Like I said, I definitely liked it better when I couldn't see the fish because then I was actually able to like zone out and, and enjoy it. <laughs> um, well, like, it's funny is that then, like, my next time out, I was like, I'm going to go back to conventional. I had this, like, little hole that, like, it, it's like a public spot, but it's kind of private. And, like, I know the grounds guy. So I'm like, hey, man, I, I just need to go catch some fish. And I brought this little, like, five foot six ultralight rod. And I was just catching a bunch of, uh, bunch of pan fish. I think that there's a picture of that also. Um, I probably caught, like, 15 that day. And then I saw this, which was to me was a, a you know a, just a giant one pounder, as Casey would say. And, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I see her, and she's she like swimming. It's a by. baby. She so 
she she like swim swims by and I see her because there's like you know some beds around. So I'm like, oh, I guess I guess I'm sight fishing. I like take my little you know panfish um, crankbait off. I throw on like a net and I'm just like, Who? and I, I get her. And uh, my I thought the rod was just gonna collapse. It was just like whoop, and like I reel her in. She like kind of broke off and I grabbed her almost freaking hooked my hand but that was a good day so like uh, I, I think yeah, I, yeah. a couple pictures of that somewhere floating around that chat mm. stuff. But, so know. Frank um you know we, we've hit on your fly fishing adventure pretty good but just for my curiosity like what's your what's your fishing background like where did uh where'd you cut your teeth at when it came to uh to getting into fishing in general so well living on like an island pretty much right um my dad was always a pretty pretty big you know fisherman like surf casting and stuff so i learned as like most young kids do down here by me is you know snapper fishing which is like to me it's equivalent to like pan fishing on you know, on a pond but if you get you know into a school like you'll pull up like 10 10 20 30 of them right obviously it's unfortunately it's not as good as it used to be when i was younger you know because people people now just you know, keep them all. So I kind of learned on that. And then uh, I have some family and friends up north, upstate New York. And, uh, man, I started doing, like, a lot more pan fishing and bass fishing. I, I fell in love with that. Like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just something about sitting on a dock and just doing, like, a bobber, a hook, and a worm and just ripping up sunnies and, and bass, you know. And then, um, so, like, I cut my teeth on – Salt water, you know, I used to do some like fluking and stuff like that, some stripers. But man, e even now as I'm like getting older, I I gravitate towards fresh water. Even if it's like this, like a little, you know, like dinky pond. If I can grab like a sunny, or uh, you know, a, a, a bluegill or like a baby bass, I don't care. I'm happy, man. And now because I of my kids, like I take my son with me, and uh, that day actually, I so I took him two days later to the same hole and dude, he was, was just pulling up bluegill nonstop and he had a blast aside from us getting covered in ticks and all, but it was good. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I was That's on awesome. control, man. So he was all bloused up. So he was good. I'm like, just keep fishing. I'm just like flicking ticks off of him. But um, <laughs> he had a blast and like, and he loves it, you know? And it's funny is that his, his first fish he caught was upstate off a dock on the Hudson river. You know, caught a sunny and like ever since then, it's like, hey, we, we going fishing today? We going fishing today? So it's cool, man. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then and like and now it's nice is to have like a new a new love and a, a like new respect for, for fly fishing, right? Um, just you know, it's just just like going from like a spinner rod to a bait caster, right? It's it it's meaning you're still fishing, but it's it's something new, like. My first time throwing a baitcaster, man, I I bird nested that thing so man because I was like, yeah, this is fine, line enough and throw it, and like I'm like, all right, now I'm like, all right, let me learn how to set my brakes and adjust, you know, adjust it and whatnot. So like now I'm good, but you're still gonna like bird cast, you know, um, and listen, oh, yeah. bird nest. I'm sorry, and like even the pros do it, right, Casey? You Absolutely. Might not see it, but like they all do it. It's all part of it. Yep. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many times I was in a boat, and there's like a laydown, like you know, behind me. And I go back, I go, and they just explode. 
<laughs> I'm just like, all right, well, I brought my my spinner rod. Let me just transition to that real fast and we'll figure it out. Yeah, I know for me, it's always I'll get kind of over ambitious, like when the wind's blowing real bad. Say I'm on a good like jerk bait bite or something, and I'm throwing into the wind, and it's like, oh, you know, it's 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 not blowing hard enough. But man, you'll bait, you'll bird nest one every time. It doesn't matter. Don't ever if if anybody tells you they do not bird nest a bait caster periodically, they're straight up lying to you, or they don't use it. One or the other. <laughs> it it happens. It happens. I promise you. I know how to set the brakes on one as good as anybody. You'll still bird nest one. And I promise at some point I'm going to make it down to you. All right. I'm putting it, yeah. put it here on recording. All right. I'm coming there it down. Is. That's it. I'm going to wait till you're actually on the plane before I like tell my wife at the last minute that, you know, <laughs> some hood, some hoodlum from New York is on his way to stay at the house for the weekend. That's fine. We're also gonna we're also gonna try to do it one of these days where I can catch one of those, you know, tournaments that doesn't mean jack shit and go out there and, and take fly rod on his boat with him and see if we can't whip some ass with the fly rod. Come on, man. Bass I'm ready for it. Be cool. So that'd be awesome. So there's actually a guy down here who does it on the salt, man. He does strictly fly rod on the salt. And yep. I I, yep. I I just heard about him this summer too. And I'm like, oh man, like that'd be a cool trip. No. Yeah. See, I want to come get up to where into you part of the world and go to like the St. Lawrence River and Cayuga Lake yeah. and all those big iconic smallmouth fisheries. Like those are those are some of my bucket list trips. Because in my opinion, yeah. like St. Lawrence River right now is the the top smallmouth fishery in the country. Like what the Elite Series did up there this year. Like that's the most century belts I've ever seen given out in a single tournament. And for for those listening, what a century belt means is during you know throughout the course of a Bassmaster Elite Series tournament means that they caught a hundred pounds of bass. So they caught five bass a day over the you know the four days that it takes to you know make it to the top ten and ultimately to the final day of the tournament. They caught over a hundred pounds of smallmouth. Which, you know, if, if you followed bass fishing for, you know, any length of time, like that's just unfathomable to a lot of people. Like, you know, yeah, electronics probably has a lot to do with that now. But just the way that these fisheries are being managed and, and kept up, it's it's unreal what, you know, the size of some of these smallmouth that are up there in the St. Lawrence River. And, you know, in places like, you know, St. Clair and, and all that, too. But the St. Lawrence River is that is one of my bucket list fisheries that. That I'm going to get to really soon. So I've actually never yeah, been up there before, but I don't know if I'm allowed to give him a shout out. I'm going to, but Taylor from Fisher Die Baco was just up there actually recently, and he was mm-hmm. fishing smallies. And uh, I had a conversation with him, and he's like, "Let's plan a trip and go." So, boys, let's do it. Hell yeah! yeah. I'll I will hook to the boat tomorrow and head that way. All right. Let's Only unlike you, unlike you, I'll actually show up. Will you though? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, right. you get me a trip on the St. Lawrence River. I'll I'll leave right now. All right. <laughs> Let's do it, boys. I'm with it too. You know, you, you you were talking about how they're they're managing the fisheries and stuff like that. And I, I think uh I think I heard a guy say one time that that uh I think he said like a a five pound smallmouth will be some somewhere nearly twenty years old or some crazy shit like that. They're old. No like shit. They're they're old fish when they're you know at five pounds or something like that. So I mean, for fish, you know, to have been in there that long, 
you know, that, that, that speaks volumes to, to what they're doing. And like it, you know, for me, I caught the biggest smallmouth I've ever caught. I caught this summer and it was probably uh, three and a half, four pounds. It was, it was a pretty good size smallie. And uh, like first thing that goes through your mind is like, man, this dude's been here a hot minute, you know, let him out, come back, catch him next year. You know, I, I made sure that, you know, I've got pictures, kind of studied the pictures and, and got a few, you know, he's got some, uh, he's got some features on him that, that I'll remember if I ever catch him again, you know, so, so that'd be pretty cool if, if that, if that happens, but to know that that fish has been there that long. And then if you've got a place that's, they're catching that many of that size, like, you know, they're, they're doing something right, which is, which is really good. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all here to do, which is conserve, you know, every bit of what we can, you know, of what we do for our kids, you know, and everybody else's kids, you know, I'm not selfish. I want everybody else's kids to do this stuff too. I got, I got buddies that's got kids that, that want to get in the outdoors and any chance that I can, I don't get, I don't get it done as much as I'd like to, obviously, you know, I've got other engagements a lot of the time, but you know, f for those things to be available to everybody else. And so it's, it's cool to see that stuff working that freaking well. Yeah. And you'll know whenever I catch a five pound, smally or bigger because it'll be like right there on the wall 100 <laughs> percent. yeah there's there's not a the, guy here I'll, in I'll get a replica made i'm not gonna like you know do the whole you know 30 year old skin mount thing i'll get a replica made but wow. there will be it it will be wall worthy whenever i get a, a five pound plus smally hell yeah now there, there's a dude here in northern oklahoma that i'm that i'm trying to get on here that that dude he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to a lot of you know just fish in general but especially oklahoma fisheries but that guy was he had folks this summer catching six and eight pound smallies on fly rods and stuff like that just freaking monsters you know that's awesome. just crazy yeah now so and trapper too all out of the same river my big question is I know, I know that i can speak for justin that justin is going to be fly fishing right in a week and a half Virginia. Now, Casey, are you going to fly fish or you're bringing, you're bringing conventional? I mean, if I'm bringing my own personal stuff, it's going to be conventional, but I'm not saying that I will not pick up a fly rod if it is presented to me. Justin, let's do it. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. If, any, if anybody trusts my dumb butt with, a, with their gear, I will gladly, I will gladly throw a fly rod. I've thrown one before. I just don't have one. Bring your weight. I'll hand it over, man. I'll hand it over just to get the video. Leave your sink at home, though, Casey. All right. Oh, that's just for never mind. I ain't gonna get, ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> Is it too soon? Is it too that's, soon? That's no, that I don't know. That that whole topic just like burns me up too much to even joke about it. I, I, I've heard you joke about it before, though. Come on. Oh, I do, and that's what I want. I, every time I go in a tackle shop, like you know, gearing up before a tournament or whatever, and I go by the you know, the weight aisle and there's those big egg sinkers and all that. I just want to make TikToks and stuff of like, well, gearing up for the tournament. It's going to be a good one. And just like grab a handful of those things. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh my God, I'll get, I'll get crucified if I, do, if I even joke about that right now, because dude, it, bur it burns me up what those guys did. I'll I never. Terrible. You know, all it just, I mean, it's terrible, but you got to make, yeah, I would, yeah, cool. I would, I would fight those guys right now if I could get the chance. Like it just not. I mean, I don't even fish. I don't even fish walleye tournaments, but it's just that 
the the bad rep that that gives tournament anglers in general of like people that would just cheat the system that much for some money and you know a, do that to a fishery and you know to those fish and stuff it just i don't like that you know i get out there and work my butt off as much as i can to try to do it the right way and and you know conserve it because like i said i mean i got kids in the house like i want them to grow up loving this as much as i do and if i'm you know, stuffing weights down fish and killing everything that I catch just to, to cash a check. Like, yep. uh, that means I'm not real good. And if I want to do this yep. long term, like I want to, you know, I've got aspirations to make it on the pro circuit. You know, I want to be one of those elite guys, you know, on the Bass Pro Tour or something like that. And, you know, yeah, you, you can cheat your way into short term gains, but I, I believe that it all catches up to you eventually in some shape, form, or fashion. And, you know, when you got a camera in the boat with you, like, you know, if you start falling off, then what does that say? You know, I'm trying to do, you know, build and learn to where it's sustainable long term because, you know, this ultimately it's what I want to do. And, you know, just seeing people kind of, you know, it, it probably wouldn't have been as bad if they didn't have the, the, the support that they did. But like, you know, those guys, you know, the, the, they had big time sponsors. I mean, they, they had boat deals. They had I mean, they were set. Yeah. And I mean, they, they pissed it all away just to to cash some checks and. Look where that got him, and then the idiot went and got what poaching deals and stuff too. Now, yeah, right, right. And yeah. I mean, that like it takes away work and and why all of us got started in this because we enjoy it and we want to pass it on to like our kids, right? Like you said, yeah. like I know, Casey, I know that I've I've seen your boy in the boat, you know, and like mine come out with me and like they love it. So it's like I don't want them seeing that stuff because like. You know, I want them growing up thinking that that's what, what it's about when really it's about like just enjoying, enjoying nature, being out there, you know, getting, getting to, you know, meet, meet people like you guys. Right. Like, like I said, like, yeah. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn how to fly fish. I mean, eventually I, I would have just done it, but like to, to learn the proper way from someone who's been doing it. Right. So yeah. brings, brings, brings us back full circle to, to the team. And, uh, and honestly, I'm like super stoked to, honestly, I've never met Justin or Casey in person. So that's going to be great. You know, you know, seeing you guys yeah. at a rendezvous. So. Yeah. Me and Justin got to meet in person for the first time not too long ago. So yeah, it's man. Salt Lake. Only happened. Salt Lake City, baby. Yeah. That's, Easily I walked up to him. And I, I walked the first thing I said to Justin was, man, you look way better than you do on a computer screen. <laughs> I was like, nice to meet you too, Casey. I was like, uh, nice. Uh, now I understand why you only show from your neck up. How nice. about that? That's it. That's absolutely right. <laughs> no, that's 100% right. But that's like probably one of the coolest things about this organization, right? Is uh, it's, it's very digital, right? But uh, we go well beyond that and everybody actually ends up meeting each other. And that's why I'm stoked about this rendezvous thing, right? And that's, you know, I don't know who's, who's most qualified to talk about what rendezvous really is here. Not me. I haven't been there yet. Maybe you, Casey, Frank, Papa. Me and David have been there so far. And I mean, dude, it's awesome. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, I was talking about what David, I think we spoke on like seminars and calls and like freaking happy hours for like almost two years hanging out, joking around. And finally, yeah. person, man, he gives me a hug. And it's like, I, I know him for 20 years. And honestly, like, I've, and now, being like you know a team lead i've met people from pennsylvania i've met people from everywhere and like 
man, it's been that way across the board. Like, so we're doing something right here. We're like, we're picking the, the right people, right, David? I think that you could probably agree with that, right? Man, 110%, you know, uh, everything about it exceeded expectations. Um, and, and, and it really, really seeded uh, everything that I thought this company was whenever I got into it. Um, you know, like you said, like everybody, as soon as we got there, it was, you know, big bear hugs, just good time. Everybody laughing. Like I, it was, it was kind of wild to, to go and meet somebody for the first time and not feel like you were meeting for the first time. You yeah. know what I mean? Crazy. And, and it's crazy. Like, yes, yeah, you know, yeah, like it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's, well, one thing I keep running into is like whenever I go to these events and stuff and you want to say like, oh, it's nice to meet you, but it, it don't feel right. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. man, I, yeah. it's like I'll sit there and talk to somebody forever and realize like, man, we've never like, you know, formally met. You know, yeah. you, I've, I've talked to you for the last two years, you know, through Zoom or, or whatever application we were on. So you feel like you know them, but you kind of walk up in the room and you just, you pick up where you left off and keep going. And then you realize mm -hmm. like, man, I, this is the first time we've ever even been in the same zip code together. Right. Yes. Yeah, you, can't, you can't you walk up on a dude at somebody's house that you just met and start cracking on them the first time that you've ever met them. Like you can, these guys, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's, you know, everybody here has that same mindset. You know, they use the word a lot, the, you know, being a like-minded individuals and that's exactly what it is. You know, uh, everybody, we, we can give each other a hard time. We all build each other up. You know, we all kind of know each other's limits, you know, if we even have any. And, uh, and, and, and a whole lot of personal space, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. And, man, like, it, ah, dude, like, just thinking about it, it you know, I, I've, got, I've got a pretty cool opportunity coming up with some of my people in my region, um, you know, the same weekend as, as rendezvous, but by God, I, I am sure upset that I'm not going to get to go up there, you know, and, uh, you know, shout out to Carter McKenzie. I don't get to go sit and, and play nutshell 17 times in a row for him. And I'm, I'm pretty bummed about that, but we'll get our shot again. But, you know, also that's the other thing too, is, is meeting people for the first time, but then also having, you know, and, and having that connection and really, you know, wanting to, to, to get back with the fellas and it's everybody, man. Like there's not a person and there's always a person and there is not a person that I would not be looking forward to seeing again or meeting or spending that time with again. And that's, that's the testament to, you know, to what we're doing and what we're building up here and uh, to, you know, getting in ground level essentially as, as most of us have, uh, you know, and seeing what it's turning into, like just man, it gets me super freaking pumped, you know. And and you know, every opportunity that we have to get together with folks, like I, it's just I don't know, man. I can't I can't say enough about it, and I can't really find the words for it right now either. You know, just the community is is unfreaking real, and we're we're doing something really special, and I think it's a one of a kind opportunity for anybody that gets involved. Yeah. And that's kind of what rendezvous is the epitome of that, right? Like that's exactly that's where you get that opportunity to finally actually get face to face. And I think what you brought up that's so cool is you, you 
take it up running, right? You know, there's yeah. no ego, there's no dance, there's no oh, man. I got to feel a little awkward here. You jump yeah. right in whatever you're doing, and that's that's what's pretty. I had a, I had a killer uh, initial kind of jump in with these guys. I uh, there's a guy he runs the Mountain West Chet. We'll probably have him on the show at some point. That dude hunts with the best of them, fishes with the best of them. Turns out he lived 20 minutes for me, man. I didn't even know. Right? We need each other. We find out about this. We go jump into the river down here to Big Tommy. He took us down there, and dude, I learned more in that hour with that guy. And, and he was in my backyard for I don't know five, ten years. And now it's like yeah. now I've got someone that I can I can hang out with on the regular, right? I mean, that's yeah. what this does, man. Is it? it gives you the opportunity to uh cut through the bullshit meet some guys that are worth talking to and 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 just get out there and do the stuff man that's what's yeah. exciting yep. yeah well, and it's like yeah. you said too like the whole ego side of it you know something else that, that i had said a lot you know and, and other guys had said a lot too with, with the rendezvous and, and like you said that's kind of the culmination of the whole thing is like you take 27 dudes clearly doing some drinking you know, on a river bottom in the middle of the mountains, and there's not one even iota, one inkling of an issue with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, just how, how do you do that without, you know, paying attention to who you're bringing in, paying attention to the people that you have, you know, and, and everybody being on the same wavelength? Like, it's just, it's next to impossible. You know what I mean? Frank, yeah. I'm starting to fight with you this year just so you'll tase me. <laughs> That's fine. Whatever it takes, Casey. Whatever it takes. But I'm going to wait until we're on your nice new boat, and then I'm going to tase you. I'm going to throw it in the water, and I'm going to drive away. <laughs> it's insured. In we're good. I mean, I'll come, back around, I'll come back around later and get you and check on you. I'm not evil. Um, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> take the shit out of you and steal your boat. He'd have, to, he'd have to learn how to start it first. I'll bring it back. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, I wasn't always cop. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, like being down there, man. For me, like it, it, it solidified a like. I was, I was like all in from the start anyway. But you know, you're always skeptical because, like, it's, it's always like it makes sense, like. It turned out to be what I wanted, it, what I wanted it to be that I couldn't find elsewhere, right? And then just like being down there, just like solidified everything. I remember sitting there. Remember that first night, you know, around the fire, like we're all hanging out. I I drove in down a freaking switchback that I couldn't see at midnight by like flashlight. I was like, I'm gonna end up in the goddamn river. Um, and um, I remember you know coming down there, hanging out, and like once it got settled, I was like this is it, man. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what, I, the, the, this is it. Like, I, I, you know, I yeah. can't explain it. Like everything felt right. So I'm like super, super excited to, to see, to see some old faces in person. Obviously, you know, I see you guys a lot. And like, man, I talk to like you guys more than I talk to like my own friends. It's crazy. Like, I, like, like, uh, like I think last week I picked up the phone and called Justin. I was like, Hey man, I have a question for you. So, yeah. What's up? <laughs> like, and it felt like, I I just seen him last week, and I thought it was crazy. Yeah, I talked to Justin more than I talked to my wife. Yeah, I think I'm in, I'm about that same boat too, man. It's awesome, like mm -hmm. freaking sweet. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked for rendezvous this yeah. year, man. And I, I think it's uh, important yeah. at this point, right, to remind everybody this is a real thing, man. Like, so if you're watching this, listening to this, I mean, like, go check it out. 
like like Frank was trying to get to, this is real. Like it's it's about as real as he gets. So I, I'm I'm proud and happy to be a part of this, and I'm stoked for rendezvous. I'm stoked to Papa. I'm gonna jump in and try to learn something from your uh, student. It sounds like man. I mean, he's sitting there. He's like this professional caster now. So I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. get out yeah. there and check that out. Okay, give me that. Only been out a handful of times, so. Oh, it's going to be fun. Wait, wait till you start fishing like Chet and those guys where you're fishing columns and three flies and, and, and worried about, well, dude, they're not biting on a 20, go to a 26. Uh, all right, yeah. cool, man. I can't even get that on the damn line, but let's go for it. Um, but that's where it's going to be. You need the Chad goggles. That's where you need the Chad goggles, man. And that's where you start to have a lot of fun, man. So wait till you get to that level where you're, you're not even fishing to catch the fish. You're just trying to find them first, man. What column are they in? And you know, is, is this hook too big or too small? Like this big, it's, yeah. it's a game changer, man. So it'll be fun to see you kind of progress into that category. That's probably one of my favorite things about fly fishing, man. I, you're never a pro. I'm sorry. Those guys call themselves the pros, but you're learning something new every day. Should I'm bad. I'm barely a, a beginner, man. I, I'm right at this point in time. I feel like I'm just dabbling. <laughs> man i'm i'm five years into it addicted to it and I, I i still don't know jack shit man like it's crazy the stuff that, that the depth of knowledge that you you kind of gain over the years man that's why yeah. I, that's why i love fly fishing yeah oh yeah that's awesome but yeah you know so big takeaway from this not only you know is it a cool a cool story about you know the way that these two were able to link up and and frank was able to get his first fish on the fly but um you know, I hope that our listeners were able to uh, to take away the the team element here. You know, the the tribe that we are, and and how much fun it really is, and how life changing it can be. You know, so if that's something that you know that that, that you're looking for, and, and you feel like you know you, you need that in your life, you know, head over to huntlifteat.com. You know, to learn more about that team and and put your application in. You know, we would love to sit down and chat with you. And, um, you know, and bring you into this world and let you, you know, jump on this crazy ride that we're on and, and hold on because it's a blast. But, um, but also while you're over there at huntlifteat.com, make sure you pick you up some fish lift eat gear. Shameless plug. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, and, and su support us there. And, you know, then tag us in it on, uh, you know, Hunt Lift Eat Official on Instagram as well as, uh, I mean, at Fish Lift Eat Official on Instagram as well as uh fish lifted official on TikTok, and uh let us you know let, let us know about your story you know we got to hear about frank's today but how did you get into fishing you know your first fish where you're at on your journey like we would love to be able to feature that on on our socials and and everywhere else so uh connect with us there and, and let us see what you're doing but uh frank where, where can we find you on on the socials uh so i am on instagram uh bird dogs and barbells Bird dogs underscore and underscore barbells. Great. So something that has absolutely nothing to do with fishing on a fishing podcast. So it does not. <laughs> but like I said, I dabble, man. I do it all. <laughs> hey, everybody's got that starting point, and you know it, it. It's awesome. I really, you know, I wish my first story, you know, like first fish story, was was as cool as that and as, as memorable as that because that's a, uh, you know, that that's something that you're going to keep with you forever, and that's that, that's cool that it was able to. To take place at a, at a hunt lift eat event yeah for sure it was awesome you know super fortunate and uh eventually that picture is going to be somewhere like right behind me i think of uh, me and david with that fish <laughs> absolutely yeah. go ahead and throw it up one more time chad let us see it 